Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. City News. Hello, good evening and welcome to Eyewitness News Live from our studio here at number 11, Dr. Martin Loop in Adabraka, Accra. My name is Zoe Abubedu Ado. This evening I'm here with... Akosia Ofewa Opoku. Coming up over the next 90 minutes. Because, in my view, of the genesis of the presentation of this budget. The day when this budget came to be presented, you were in the chamber. And you all saw that after the finance minister had walked in, we had to be at the speaker's office for close to one hour. We're not coming out. Why weren't we coming out? We're not coming out because we had a speaker who told the finance minister that because he had not given parliament an amount of 1.72 billion that he, the speaker, has requested the finance minister to give to parliament, he, the speaker, was going to ensure that his budget was rejected. Parliamentary service pulls plugs on majority leader Osei Chairman Sabonso, insisting his account of events on the crucial pre-budget meeting on November 17 is erroneous. Also coming up, Greater Accra Regional Coordinating Council announces new COVID-19 measures following the spread of the Omicron virus. virus. Effective tomorrow, if you are without a face mask, you won't be allowed to board any public transport. And later, the throwback edition of the situation comes off this evening. We are live at the venue to give you a feel of what to expect as we host a brief for Ophorian Ponsa and Ms. Bell. Stay with 97.3 CTFM for more on this and other stories on Eyewitness News and in business. Ghana Chamber of Construction Industry fears profits from ongoing payments of contractors will be eroded due to late exercise. Natalie Nete joins us in the next 15 minutes for more in the world of business. Eyewitness News is live across the country on all our affiliates. If you are in the Ashanti region, we are on Orange FM, 107.9 FM in Kumase, Bono region, Greener FM, 95.9 in Sunyano, Western region, Premier FM, 100.5 in Takrade, in the Eastern region, we are on Right FM, 90.1 in Somenya, Volta region, Holy FM, 98.5 in Aflao. In the northern region, we are on Dasuma, 99.1 FM in Yendi. In the upper east region, we are on World FM, 88.3 FM in Zwarungu. In the upper west region, we are live on Bogli Radio, 88.6 in Wa. We are also live across the globe on citynewsroom.com. Your comments are welcome via WhatsApp line 0549-986-996. You can tweet at me at Zoe Abubedu or at City973. The hashtag is City Newsroom. Now, let's begin from Parliament. Yesterday, we brought you a story where the majority leader, Osei Chairman Sabunzu, questioned the motives of the Speaker of Parliament. Now, he said that it was possible that the Speaker of Parliament was carrying out plans to stall business of the House due to his insistence on getting the Minister for Finance to allocate 1.72 billion CDs to Parliament. Now, today, the Parliamentary Service has issued a statement indicating that the account of 
the majority leader, I'll say Chaiminsa Bonsu, is a misrepresentation. We'll be giving you details of that particular statement. But let's first listen to what the majority leader, or say Chaiminsa Bonsu, said yesterday when he addressed the press. Because, in my view, of the genesis of the presentation of this budget, the day when this budget came to be presented, you were in the chamber, and you all saw that after the finance minister had walked in, we had to be at the speaker's office for close to one hour. We're not coming out. Why weren't we coming out? We're not coming out because we had a speaker who told the finance minister that because he had not given parliament an amount of 1.72 billion that he, the speaker, has requested the finance minister to give to parliament, he, the speaker, was going to ensure that his budget was rejected. That is what happened that day. And he threatened him that this budget is going to be rejected by parliament. And even said to him that he doesn't want to remind him of what his own father did to President Hillary Liman. That was the speaker. So all that is playing out is it to satisfy what the speaker indicated at the very beginning of the presentation of the budget. That this budget, you make sure the budget was rejected. Is that the case? The people of this country ought to know the mindset of this speaker with respect to this budget. So all this playing out, really. And that is why he sits and he lets to leave the chamber to create problems. So that was the majority leader yesterday, um, Osei Chemen Sabunsu, when he addressed the press. Now, the parliamentary service through the Public Affairs Directorate has been um, responding to these particular statements or comments by the majority leader. Duke Menson Poko is a parliamentary correspondent. He joins us with details of that letter. Good evening, Duke. Good evening, Zoe. So, Good to be here. what has been outlined in the um, press release by, from the parliamentary service? So essentially, the um, office of the speaker through the Public Affairs Directorate of Parliament is distancing itself or they're distancing themselves from the comments made by the leader of the House at a press briefing yesterday, which I covered, mm. and um, essentially saying that the the account given by um, the Honourable Leader of Chairman Sabonsu is a misrepresentation of what actually transpired at that uh, crucial November 17th pre-budget presentation meeting um, with the Speaker. Uh, the statement reads, uh, says the Office of the Speaker has um, taken notice of comments by the leader of the majority group, the Honorable S.H.M.N. Sabunsu, on an Accra-based television station in the late hours of Thursday, December 23, 2021, uh, where he claimed that the Right Honorable Speaker threatened to reject the budget if 2%, that's 1.72 billion of Ghana cities of the total revenue of the country was not allocated to the work of the parliamentary service. They suggested that was why the budget was rejected. This is a complete misrepresentation of what transpired at the meeting. It is not the duty of the speaker to reject or approve budgets. Approval or rejection is determined by only members of parliament. Besides, a budget has two parts, expenditure and revenue. The expenditure has gone through the required parliamentary processes. What is outstanding is the revenue. The picture that the majority leader sought to paint with his comments is therefore erroneous. It must be stated that the right honourable speaker as the leader of parliament, which includes many other departments under the parliamentary service, has every right to lobby for funds for the effective administration of the institution of parliament. Indeed, in strengthening parliament's oversight and independence of the executive, which the right honourable speaker has been pursuing has been pursuing, denial of the requisite funds is the quickest means by which the executive can make the legislature ineffective. 
That was what the right honorable speaker sought to prevent at the said meeting. It is interesting that instead of the majority leader supporting the efforts to ensure adequate budgetary provision for parliament to which he belongs, he chose to nail his mast with the executive to starve parliament of the required funds to operate effectively. The speaker assures the good people of Ghana of his commitment to the effectiveness and independence of parliament and to the effective course of the development and growth of Ghana. He has no intentions to do anything that will jeopardize the forward march of the country issued by public affairs directorate for the office of the speaker. So um, it's really no different from what the speaker said yesterday. The speaker also was addressing former MPs and he absolved himself of any blame. Yes, yes, mm. he did indicate that um, there were some discussions and his health uh, has become a concern over the period. And so he had agreed that uh, scheduled business would be done but the, but um, premium will be placed on the e-levy. And after that, he can um, return and go and get some rest because he's still recuperating. That's what he what he said. And so it is wrong for him to be blamed and that he's not the majority chief. He's not the chief whip of the majority to be blamed if um, you don't have the requested numbers or you don't have you haven't arranged business in a way and manner that would and uh, that, that, that would ensure that issues are passed smoothly in the house. So he did indicate that he was not to blame in any in any way. And that even the, um, the, his speech mm. to be read, you know, it's it's um, it's some sort of a convention which did not happen this time around. Mm. When Parliament is closing, there are, there are speeches from the majority leader, the minority leader, and then the speaker mm. to run it all off and give us like some sort of an end of meeting address. We didn't have that. He did indicate that yes, at that at the meeting, I mean yesterday, that he had actually passed on those, I mean that speech and those notes to whoever was going to preside at the end of that. Because there's no way he was going to stay after 10 p.m. Mm. Yeah. So did that happen? It didn't happen. Because it didn't happen. We all saw what happened. Yeah. So at the time that it was, I think it was around that time that the uh, deputy majority leader um, organized a press briefing, asking for the whereabouts of the speaker. Yeah. If you all remember what happened, what transpired on Wednesday night when he, no, no, Tuesday night actually. Uh, was it Tuesday? Monday night. It was Monday night, yes, not yesterday. <laughs> We're working like it also. <laughs> yeah. So Monday night actually, when he asked. The where we asked for the whereabouts of of the um, speaker. It was around that time. So what I mean, and about two revenue measures had been passed before. Mm. It was, he wasn't the one in the chair. The VAT, um, the income tax amendment bill was passed. It's a revenue measure for government. Um, VAT amendment bill was also passed. So another one, but it, it had the first deputy speaker Joe who in the chair while it was passed. So the speaker had reclined, has had, had gone to his office to deal with other matters, waiting for the e-levy to be presented mm. so that he would take the chair and then, um, I mean, take over proceedings so that if the matter came to a vote, every uh, side of the house, every caucus, every group would have its numbers to, to But according to him, at the time, it just went on and went on and on and on and on and on. The majority was not ready to take the business and because of that, I couldn't blame. The account from the majority leader, though, was that when the speaker was leaving, he did indicate that he was just taking a break and he will yeah. come back. But he left without telling them. So that, that seems to be the gray area in the story. Did the speaker indeed inform them that he informed his first deputy that he will come back and he didn't come back? Mm. Or did the speaker tell them that he can only take it up to a certain point and that he will leave? So that seems to be the missing link in the narrative so far. We don't know how we are going to get that. Uh, so 
to, to, to clear our minds of any doubt that we may have about what. But that seems to be what is missing. missing now. Yes. Mm. Okay, so let's refresh our minds and hear what the Speaker of Parliament, Alban Bagwin, said yesterday when he met former MPs. I'm being blamed today for being the cause of Parliament not being able to take a decision on the E-Levy. And which led to a, a brown, which is a nasty scenes that we all saw. But you know, as I stand, you can see me looking fresh and healthy. That doesn't mean that I'm like before. Even my age alone will not allow me to behave like how I used to behave. And so I can start sitting from morning, but after six, seven, the rest. I need a rest. And that's why I have deputies. And I've held meetings with the deputies. And I said, I've gone through the meal. I was deputy. I experienced some things. I don't want you to experience that. I will build you because my reading of literature and my experience with various parliaments, I prefer the collegiate speakership, not the sole speaker of the British model. I believe the French model, when there's a collegiate, a speaker and deputies, they are doing specific roles to play in the affairs of the management of the house. That is what I was going to do to my colleagues, and that is what I've been doing and building them up. And that is why I send them to represent me at international conferences. I can give you a copy of my uh, closing remarks, which when I was leaving, I passed through my uh, usher to give to them that it was after 10, in the 9th, and I had to go and take a rest because you delayed in sitting. I had to compel the house to sit after two, and I presided. I said, let's discuss E-Levy. You said, no, vary the order of business. I kept on varying. We did about six important items, approving other loans, until I had to hand over getting to uh, 6.30 to the first deputy speaker. Now they say I refuse to preside. And that is why some numbers were not in the house. I'm not a chief whip of any part. So you had the speaker of Parliament, Alban Bagbin, there. Um, I have in the studio with me parliamentary correspondent Duke Mensah-Buku. So Duke, now what um, efforts are both sides putting in place to ensure that um, this particular issue is resolved? Well, uh, it looks like, I mean, that's the principal reason why Parliament adjourned without taking the controversial issue of the um, E-Levy. Mind you, all the brouhaha and the brawl and the fight and the fisticuffs and everything that transpired on the floor of Parliament was about whether the E-Levy should be taken under a certificate of urgency or not. Mm. It was about a procedural motion that had been moved and the Honorable Ayariga trying to arrest the motion midway. So the substantive issue of the E-Levy had not even been broached. But because of all that transpired, they decided that they would um, take a break and hope that given the time and space between that time and um, the 18th of January, by the time Parliament comes back from recess, I mean, tempest would have calmed down. People would have, um, I mean, the spirit of reconciliation of the end of year festivities and the complements of the season, people would, um, the members of Parliament would have calmed down a bit and things would return to normal, really. And this issue of being certificate of agency will not arise because what they were seeking to undo 
would have been passed along. Uh, I mean, would have would have been, become immaterial at that point in time. But we are aware of efforts by external actors to ensure to to be part of the process to resolve this this issue. I can say on authority that yesterday, before he came for that meeting, or before he came for the press conference, because the majority that would um, arrive for the press conference, he was in a meeting with the clergy, mm. with I think Christian Council mm. and other um, senior members of the clergy, mm. appealing to him. I'm sure they would also speak to the minority leader as well. That's the minority group, and then also speak to the talk to the speaker as well. Um, all of these, and I've also already heard about the national efforts that are made by the National House of Chiefs as well. So that's why the the moral society exists, you know, in some of these things. So I'm sure that while negotiations may have broken down at their level, and we are not even sure about that because um, the, at that same press briefing, the majority that spoke of his very good relationship with the speaker, even though in the last three days the speaker has not returned his calls, neither has he picked his calls. But we are just hoping that. Within that period, I mean, the, the key voices from moral society and, I mean, Christian Council, um, National House of Chiefs, Pentecostal Council, I mean, people who have that kind of teacher and respect, as we've seen the step being taken, mm. would continue so that in the spirit of Christmas, end of year festivities, all these issues would, would, would be resolved. Because really, this is, not, this, this, is not, this, is, this is really not an issue parliamentarians disagree on issues all the time but for it to get to this level of fights it's 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 it's, it's becoming one too many mm. just over this period the budget meeting three 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 different occasions it it has something that 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 must be be looked at and it's about time parliament finds i mean a framework a lot a framework because if you look at the underlying cause of this this issue it's because of the the numbers i mean previously we've never had a parliament where it's separated by just one person who has decided to do business or one mp who's decided to do business with just with, with the other with the majority group so i mean if these things like this until these issues are things like this will keep coming up especially on issues that has very high political stakes so it behoves on parliament itself to find amongst itself or to find within itself a group of people who can be resorted to to resolve some of these issues and not necessarily to go outside. Of course, they can go as they, they are the ones who say that they are the master of their own mm -hmm. rules, yes. Mm -hmm. But they can also go outside. Yeah. And that's why we have a peace council as well. Mm -hmm. Maybe they should also come in, okay. come in here. Yeah. All right, thank you very much. That was our parliamentary correspondent, Duke Mensah Opoku. You are still listening to Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. We take a break here. When we come back, um, we'll be giving you that statement from the Greater Accra Regional Coordinating Council. They have announced new measures being put in place ahead of the festive season. You know a lot of um, companies are taking a break um, effective today to make way for the yield tide. Now, they have indicated that if you are without a face mask, you won't be allowed to board any public transport. Also, um, with immediate effect, all beaches in the greater Accra region should be closed before and during the Christmas and New Year festivities. We'll be giving you more after this break. Please stay with us. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. Let your voice be heard on Eyewitness News on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag Eyewitness News.
You welcome back. This is still Eyewitness News. My name is Zoe Abubedu Ado here with Akosia Ofewa Opoku. The Greater Accra Regional Coordinating Council held a meeting today. Um, now, amongst other things that was discussed was the onset of the Omicron variant um, of COVID-19 and its associated increase in positive cases recorded in the Greater Accra Region. Now, the RECSEC has directed... Um, some measures ahead of the celebration of Christmas and the New Year festivities. And I'll go through um, what they have announced. And this was this statement I have before me is signed by the Greater Accra Regional Minister, Henry Corte. Now, the first one indicates that compulsory wearing of face masks, washing of hands, social distancing, and strict adherence to COVID-19 safety protocols in all public transports and public places. Number two, with immediate effect, all beaches in the greater Accra region should be closed before and during the Christmas and New Year festivities. It also says that effective Saturday, which is tomorrow, 25th December 2021, all passengers without face masks must not be allowed to board any means of public transport. Number four, all persons moving in public places must ensure that they wear their face masks and observe all the COVID-19 safety protocols. So these are the new directives that the Greater Accra Regional Coordinating Council has outlined ahead of the festivity, um, which is um, beginning today. Um, apart from the COVID-19, there are other issues they also addressed. It says that additionally, RECSEC, in collaboration with the Ministry of Lands and Natural Resources, issued the following directives in relation to Ramsar sites, wetlands and mangroves. One, all construction works in the above-mentioned sites must cease with immediate effect whilst RECSEC awaits findings and recommendations by a committee set by the Honourable Minister for Lands and Natural Resources for further action. It also states that the police should arrest all individuals who continue to develop on such sites, which is the Ramsar sites, the wetlands and mangroves. And it also speaks about um, strict regulatory compliance to the road traffic regulations. And RECSEC is directing that all motor riders must observe all tra traffic regulations and not cross red lights. Number two, all riders must wear helmets. Three, motorbikes are not allowed to carry more than two persons. Now, effective today, 24th December 2021, to the 31st of January 2022, all owners of motorbikes in police custody are to provide documentation and reasons for release. Otherwise, the police shall seek a court order to confiscate same. Consequently, members of RECSEC are to ensure full compliance of the directives. Let's speak to the man who issued this statement. Honorable Henry Corte is the Greater Accra Regional Minister. Good evening, sir. Now, I do not recall any 
um, directive that stated that beaches were opened at a point. But your statement says that with immediate effect, all beaches in the greater Accra region should be closed before and during the Christmas and New Year festivities. Is, is this an indication that the beaches were, were open for use? Good evening, Zoe. Good evening, good evening Zoe. I think uh, it's obvious, we are all aware in this country that despite the directives that were given as part of the COVID uh, accepted protocols for beaches and pubs and things not to operate, you and I are aware that in the last four months, uh, sometimes they find their way to do it. And we're saying that uh, with the rise, sharp rise or increase of the, the virus, it is only appropriate for us to observe strictly and adhere to the COVID safety protocols. Hence, the decision by RECSEC, not Henry Corte, to ensure that the bleaches uh, remain closed uh, uh, during this uh, festive period. All right. Henry? So, yes. So, um, why didn't you crack the whip when persons were using the beaches? Why this directive now? Because this is when people want to celebrate. This is when people want to make merry, to wind down. And you are, you are, you are uh, enforcing this. So it is okay to ask this question. It's a very good question. But I think that across the world, if you know, if you notice, in the last three weeks, we, uh, most countries are coming up with uh, uh, some, some restrictions again and then strict adherence with the COVID protocols. Uh, indeed, we are... Uh, as RECSEC, we are also uh, taking a cue from the statistics that were provided by the Minister of Health and also the National Tax Force, hence the decision to do so. What case, are uh, the statistics the, in the Greater Accra Region? Uh, well, I think that the Minister of Health has actually they have indicated clearly, and I'm sure you are aware of it, that they are saying that there's a sharp uh, increase in the COVID-19. And so that is exactly why we had to meet and uh, to look at how to ensure that uh, uh, the, the virus doesn't spread over the festive period. That is all it is. In any case, uh, the decision to uh, get the beaches closed and um, um, uh, strict adherence and observations to the COVID protocols is not aimed in any way, shape or form of uh, depriving people to as it were, uh, come together to celebrate uh, during this festive period. But it's for, for all our good. It's for all our good. That's why we're doing it. And uh, if you care to know, we have not introduced anything new at all. Everything we have said as a RECSEC has already been in existence as part of the directives. We are only saying that we will ensure uh, a strict enforcement of those ones as well. Mm. Okay, so... Um the other directive for all passengers without face marks not being allowed to board any means of public transport. Now, this was something that was supposed to be the case, but it is not the norm as we speak. No, what... If we have to go this way, we cannot get anything done in this country. Yeah, it... As a media, we're going to applaud us for doing this. Why we have to go to be interrogating why, 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 and why we did earlier? Now we cannot go anywhere. No, because... because the media should be... Be... <laughs> one minute. I invited, we invited all the media, the editors, to this meeting. And I think that it was only proper, and this decision has come collective. The GPRTU, the corporate, uh, uh, what is, um, 
Protea and all the commercial drivers unions were part of the meeting, and they themselves. So they are going to issue a statement. And in any case, I think that uh, wearing a face mask when they are in public is part of the COVID safety protocols. It is nothing new. Mm. We are not in any way condemning what the Regional Coordinating Council um, has done. But it's not the Regional Coordinating Council. It's the Regional Security Council. It's not, it's not RCC. It's RECSEC. Okay. So we are not condemning uh-huh. what RECSEC has said or has done, the outcomes of this. But the outcome of what is expected to happen tomorrow, because what if someone... But says I didn't hear the timelines for give. I mean, for adhering to this may be too short for someone, even though it is supposed to be mandatory and you are supposed to abide by this. So, what happens to persons who do not do this? So we, the, the security agencies will take charge of the beaches, and they will do so very early in the morning, and so nobody will be allowed to go there. And with the greatest of respect, I want to make a very humble appeal to the media, we are in this together. So probably what you could do for me is to also add your voice and rather look at what is happening in other countries and the, the uh, protocols that Ghana, led by His Excellency, put in place that uh, put Ghana uh, as one of the best uh, amongst countries in the world. So this is for all of us. And once again, I shall be grateful if we get all the media to help us create the awareness, to educate the people, and to also disseminate the information Mm. to the public. So that uh, rather we save lives, and after the holidays, we have everybody uh, in good health done. To marry tomorrow, to marry tomorrow next, and then next week we start burying people at the cemeteries. Mm. Um, We can assure you that um, you are in this together. We all want the best for Ghana. Thank you so much. Um, We heard Henry Kote, who is the Greater Accra Regional Minister. And as you heard, um, the Regional Security Council held the meeting today and they have outlined um, some measures that will take effect um, from today. We'll now cross over to the Jubilee House where President Kufado is giving his New Year message. This is the stark reality of the situation, not an excuse. Indeed, but for the bold and timely measures put in place by government to cushion Ghanaians against the worst effects of the pandemic, our situation would have been more precarious. For the purposes of propaganda and narrow partisan and parochial interests, some would have you believe that the difficulties we are facing are purely Ghanaian phenomena made by the MPP government under my leadership. Pay no heed to such persons. They know the truth, but cannot speak it. The significant fact for me is my determination to pull us out of this situation. Government has designed a solid program for the recovery and revitalization of the economy is the 100 billion CD Ghana Cares or Batampa program. We have completed the implementation of the stabilization phase in 2021. We saw the economy grow at 6.6% in the third quarter of 2021, with a projected overall growth of 4.4% for 2021. 2022 and 2023 
will be the years of recovery and revitalization and faster economic growth. Already, there are clear signs that the economy is bouncing back strongly, just as there are welcome indications that the global economy is also recovering. The work undertaken by my government over the last five years in education, healthcare delivery, agricultural and industrial transformation, infrastructural enhancement, especially in the road sector, the empowerment of the security services, and the development of the digital economy, amongst others, is evident. I appeal to you to stand shoulder to shoulder with my government in these trying times. You have stood with me most of my adult life. You gave me a resounding victory in 2016, and you returned me to office again with the help of God, with another decisive victory in 2020, because I fulfilled largely the commitments I made to you in 2016. United in our democracy, we will emerge from this difficult path stronger and even more resilient. Let us not see the economic difficulties of today as the blueprint for tomorrow. I am a firm, passionate believer in our national potential. We have it in us to rise up and revive our fortunes. There are brighter days ahead for Mother Ghana. As Christmas fills our hearts with gratitude, let us not forget that COVID-19 is still very much in our midst. The number of active cases is currently on the rise. So let us act and live responsibly. Let us continue to adhere to the protocols of social distancing, enhanced hygiene, and mask wearing. We have for nearly two years been wearing masks, avoiding shaking hands, and using sanitizers, which have been uncomfortable experiences for us all, even though they have helped keep us safe. The science tells us that getting vaccinated is the most effective way to defeat the virus and go back to our normal way of life, reopen fully our economy, and return our nation onto the path of progress and prosperity. Government has succeeded in securing considerable quantities of vaccines for the country, numbering nearly 23 million doses so far. So I trust all those who have not been vaccinated to do so. Our responsibility to one another requires that we be vaccinated. Let us all celebrate the season safely and responsibly and maintain the peace of the nation. It is my fervent hope that this Christmas will be celebrated without any road accidents. Drivers must minimize their speed, take due precaution for other road users, drive without the influence of alcohol, and wear their seat belts, as must all passengers. And please, in the name of Christian charity, remember to help those who are less fortunate in this festive season.
Mama Munila Fishapa Nihanya Fair Afio Afi Afi Aya Nibaninao. May God bless us all and our homeland Ghana and make her great and strong. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. So that was President Ekufuado delivering his Christmas message and not his New Year message, as I Elia said. Stay with us here on Eyewitness News. We'll take another break. When we return, we'll bring you more stories. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. Let your voice be heard on Eyewitness News on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag Eyewitness News. You're welcome back to some other stories now. Ranking member on the Finance Committee of Parliament, Dr. Keisalato Forsen, has described as frivolous and politically motivated charges leveled against him by the Attorney General in court over the purchase of some ambulances during the Estwar Mahama administration. According to him, all actions taken in the said transaction were backed by the legal opinion from the then Attorney General, and he only acted to raise the letters of credit in question on behalf of the substantive minister. Responding to the charges at a press briefing in Parliament earlier today, Dr. Atuforsen said the accusation is aimed at intimidating him in a continuous quest to oppose government policies, such as the e-levy. Though I am yet to be formally charged in court, I have, I have seen copies of the charges, of the charge sheet in the media and wish to say without any fear or contradiction that these charges are nothing but a frivolous and politically motivated attempt by President Nana Adodankwa Kufuado and his hatchet man, the Attorney General, to silence me for performing my duties as the ranking member on the Finance Committee of the Parliament of Ghana. But I want to assure the people of Ghana, especially my constituents who elected me, to represent them in Parliament that I will not and cannot be silenced by the blatant abuse of prosecutorial powers of the Attorney General. Ladies and gentlemen of the press, the investigation into the purchase of ambulances, which is the basis for these frivolous charges, started somewhere 2017, in November 2017 to be precise. A request was made by the then Speaker of Parliament, the Right Honorable Aaron Michael Quay, for me to assist the EOCO with their investigation into this matter. I provided a statement to the EOCO detailing my honest recollection of the transaction. Interestingly, nothing was heard of the investigation until November 2021, a period of four years plus when I started raising concern about the 2022 budget and economic policy of government. During this period, the Secretariat of the Right Honorable Speaker informed me that EOCO had requested that I be released to assist with further investigation into the purchase of That was the ranking member on the Finance Committee of Parliament, Dr. Kaisal Atoforsin. 
Now, some security personnel protecting the concession of Adamu's resources, a gold mining company at Incrofol in the Elembele district of the western region, have been accused of setting ablaze an illegal miner. They arrested on the concession. The victim, Michael Budu, who is a physically challenged person, has sustained life-threatening burns all over his body after the security personnel poured petrol on him and torched him. He narrated his incident at the Ikwe Hospital where he's receiving medical treatment. Our security patrol team, usual patrols, went to one of the pits and then encountered the... And right up away, the 7.32 war, there was sight that right. We see Okoko say issue. The insurance said you have a cutwa beside you, so sorry, that line got for one of a chimney. What chimney? I don't want G, Omudi Hakop, a gooby, Omudi. Around 7.30 to 8 a.m. yesterday, we were on site and I decided to go and fetch water. In the process, the security guards arrested and handcuffed me. They took me close to the Shamfan machine and whipped me with belts, whilst others used the blade of the machete. They put a container containing diesel on me and told me to make sure it doesn't fall, but it did, and they started beating me again. One of them then said, they will burn me together with the machine. I thought it was a joke, but he poured the rest of the diesel on me. They asked me to get close to the fire. That was when I caught fire. I kept screaming and rolling on the floor, and they almost pushed me into the pit. After rolling on the ground, the fire got quenched. They removed the handcuffs, and they made some calls, and they were told to bring me to the hospital. You heard that the account of a man who was set ablaze for allegedly being an illegal miner. Now, when City News contacted the company, the social responsibility manager, Francis Barr, indicated that the incident did happen at their concession site, although it was an accident. Now, water is a necessity of life and a basic need, and we all use water in one form or the other. You may be using sachet water or bottled water now the news is that effective monday december 27 sachet water and bottled water is going to be increased sachet water 40 pesos the bottled water has variations so we'll be speaking to the national association of sachet and package water producers um, to give us more on this magnus nunu is the national president of the association good evening sir now when was the last time a review was done with regards to the pricing of water? Well, I came really about four or five years ago. Hmm. I, need, I need to confirm the exact month. Okay, that, that's a long time then. But um, apart from the issue of cost of fuel and the exchange rate, what else is accounting for this increase that you have announced effective Monday? So let me narrow down to bottled water particularly. Um, if you read the treatment that we sent, we have noticed that you know when it comes to fuel, and then the government sort of 
mean, I mean, have uh, tax on the floor, whatever price, build up, there's hue and cry on the public. But for a moment, nobody has really sat down to look at the, the cost build up of water and what taxes are in there. Of my head, from where I sit, there's this fixedness, right? This is outside the at least 23 and a half percent. So, what does it mean? If these taxes were removed, we could buy the water that the price of your now thirty percent cheaper than we have announced. That one I can I can assure you on that. So we have other but the taxes on bottled water are so Hello? beyond what you can imagine and think. Hence some of these things. Mm. Take us through what the new prices will look like. Yeah, so we our recommendation for the first time we think that we should look at the bottle water price again so that we can have some uniformity on the market. So then we're looking at the 0.5 uh, liter bottle iced. Um, that one will go for 1.5. As we fix some of them, I'm already selling 1.5. Then the the medium size, which is the 750 ml, will now sell for two cities. And then, I mean, we hardly see them, but then the, the 1.5 liter if it has to be retail at ice, then that one is going for 3.5. Now, coming down to the sachet, our recommended price is 40 pesos per iced sachet. Now, those who buy from our stock to retail may buy at 4.5 Ghana cities per bag, and they may retail it at 6 cities minimum, depending on where you're actually selling it. Of course, if you are selling your bag of water at a place like East Legon or Jolu, you expect that the price will be slightly higher than other places, you know, we all know for a reason. I'm a renter, I'm a issue. I'm part to play, you know. Mm. Uh, so I was just going to ask that. There's no fixed price because some of the prices you have mentioned in your press statement is already being charged. Now, how do you regulate the system? Well, I mean, we, as I mentioned, if you read the uh, press statement carefully, these are recommended prices. And, of course, water, for that matter, is very essential. And, um, I mean, producers have been calling on us. We've been quite slow in coming out with this uh, new reviews. And so then, because we're a bit slow at this time, uh, other regional institutions were actually coming out. So you could hear different prices being announced uh, Mali, and then the Western region also announced a different price. But then we, given the 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 upper limit, you know, and then everybody can find this uh, rhythm with them. We cannot per se, I mean, of course, we are not in a price control regime, but then producers themselves know how much they spent or the cost build-up looks like. And so what we have uh, mentioned is fair. I mean, like you were also saying, for reason, we have some of the producers already selling at 1.5 and, and 2. So nothing really, but just to bring uniformity uh, to uh, the price. Now, I'm making this point across that um, if you go up north, let's say to Bogatanga or Wa, we don't have any meaningful producer up north there. It means that much of the water that is being sold there is transported from Accra all the way to you know, the borders of Burkina uh, Faso, and you can find out that some of the prices are virtually the same as you buy in Accra. 
So within, there is this management issue. Every company has its own way of managing it. But then these are very, very fair prices. And uh, we call on the consumer to cooperate with us. Uh, without not relenting, we will be knocking on the doors or the corridors of power to sit down with them if they can chop off some of these excessive prices. And now we live in a regime where you cannot just put anything out there. Uh, you know, <clears throat> I mean, we have said that, I mean, we've done our own search and everything. You can go for fact-finding. Ghana, as we speak, charges taxes on water more than any country in the world, at least. We are one of the highest, if not the highest. It can be verified and confirmed by your good station, mm. which I don't think uh, water is so essential. And I don't think so. And you see, the, the, the sad part is that, um, can you imagine that beer with local content above 50%, the excise tax on it is 10%. And then water, which is so essential, is attracting 17.5% excise tax. We don't want to say that it's deliberate. We believe that's an anomaly that must be corrected. So that's why you want to meet government? We want to meet them, yes. We believe that it's an anomaly. I mean, normally, right. government will not do that. I mean, probably it's an oversight. And so it must be looked at. We want to meet them by 15th of uh, uh, January to George or DRPS. Correct this anomaly. We are only hoping that having brought this thing up, I mean, the price of beer will not be shut up so that it comes to parity with, uh, let's say, we hope that uh, they will see eye to eye with us and drop uh, the taxes on uh, water so that we can also uh, slide down for consumers to be able to afford. Mm. Thank you very much. Uh, Magnus Nuno is the national president of the National Association of Sachet and Package Water Producers. Don't go away. We have the business news with Netele Nete up next. Please stay tuned. Get the details, every significant financial transaction, every market movement, and all the policies that affect your business. City Business News. Be informed. Time now for City Business News on Eyewitness News, brought to you by Vodafone and powered by citybusinessnews.com. My name is Nettie Let's settle for the details. The Ghana Chamber of Construction Industry says it fears most contractors being paid by governments will walk away with little to no profits due to the little nature of the, the late nature of the ongoing exercise. Even though the Chamber commends governments for paying contractors some of the arrears, they say some of the loans that contractors have taken have accrued high interest. Currently, contracts worth up to one, Ghana, one million Ghana cities are being paid by government. In an interview with City Business News on the situation, Chief Executive Officer of the Ghana Chamber of Construction Industry, Manuel Cherry, stated that some contractors are likely to raise new certificates. So even though government has taken steps to clear this, but you'll be surprised that certificates will be raised again. Certificates in the terms of uh, interest upon interest payments, which means because government has defaulted in paying this money on time. So the contractor has no choice than to go back and raise additional certificate for governments to clear because the interest on the man, the money that contractors has contracted from the financial institutions has also generated interest. So therefore, as we speak now, most of these contractors, even though they are being paid, but believe you me, they'll go to bank and the account will be zero because the bank will swallow, will take away all those particular money and then the account will be left nothing. So some of the contractors today, they are being paid, but they'll go home with nothing. They still need to go and look for additional money to top up for the financial institutions because they have defaulted. So the default 
is going to have a dehydrocholidemic consequence on the uh, contractors and their families as well. And then some of contractor uh, construction workers too, automatically, since the contractor doesn't have anything to take home, then your guess is good as mine, which means the workers also may not get their money. If they don't get their money, which means Senate cannot be paid, payee also cannot be paid, which means government itself is also going to lose adversely as well. So these are some of the titty challenges that was the Chief Executive Officer of the Ghana Chamber of Construction Industry, Emmanuel Cherry. As part of efforts to position the private sector to take advantage of special economic zones within the expanded regional market under the AFCFTA, as well as other market integration frameworks, the Ghana Free Zones Authority and the Ministry of Trade and Industry are in the process of developing three separate industrial cities in the country. Known as the Special Economic Zones Project, the industrial cities are being developed in the Ashanti, Western and Eastern regions to serve as additional industrial hubs that could facilitate the processing of natural resources into value-added goods for the export market. Speaking on the sidelines of the Sith Annual Meeting of the Africa Economic Zones Organization, Chief Executive Officer of the Ghana Free Zones Authority, Michael Okui Jr. said the move is also aimed at boosting Ghana's industrialization agenda. The recent COVID happenings have shown us that we need to be able to rely on ourselves more to be able to help with the supply chain. And that is what we are focusing on. We want to start from basics. Anybody who wants to produce, you need land. Now, the land has varied purposes. The first purpose of the land, of course, is to be able to grow the raw materials. So, for example, if you're producing um, fruit juice, pineapple, you need land to grow your pineapple. That is pretty straightforward. But the second challenge that we're having, especially to attract investors, is industrial land, economic zones. How do we get these places demarcated? How do we get the infrastructure in? How do we get the electricity in there, the utilities, the water? And most importantly now in this era, how do we get in the fiber optics to be able to now make the place business friendly and ready in a competitive manner with not just the continent of Africa, but even the Middle East and Asia. Now, with regard to Ghana itself, we all know of the one in Tema that is near the main port in Ghana. We now have other areas which have been demarcated. The first one that most people would know about is in Kumasi. That is the Greater Kumasi Industrial Park project. That is to mainly deal with the Buankra inland port, which deals with all the landlocked countries, mainly in the northern, the western, and the eastern part of Ghana. And at the moment, uh, there's some feasibility studies going on um, with the World Bank and so on. So that is in the process of moving on. That was the Chief Executive Officer of the Ghana Free Zones Authority, Michael Okui Jr. The Event Vendors Association of Ghana, EVAG, is calling on its members to ensure they enforce the COVID-19 protocols at the various programs they organize, especially during the Yuletide. Ghana's COVID-19 case counts are beginning to rise again after the discovery of the Omicron variant in the country. The World Health Organization has subsequently proposed the suspension of social events during the festivities to avert an escalation. But speaking to City Business News, President of the Event Vendors Association of Ghana, Kate Hassan, assured patrons that plans are being made so unvaccinated persons can take the job at event centers. We all know um, what is going on. It's not anybody's wish, but it has come and we are learning to live with it. So I indulge all event stakeholders and all EVAC members to be very vigilant very protective and please please take the COVID protocols very serious 
and also to make sure um, event places are not overcrowded and also most all events should be held outdoor. They shouldn't be worried and we make sure we take records of people who come to events and um, when the president came out that people should be vaccinated, we are also trying to encourage people to um, get vaccinated or bring their vaccination cards when they are attending events to the extent of we are trying to talk to we are trying to talk to health workers to see if they can even bring some of the vaccination to event centers for those who want to take vaccine, can freely take vaccine because people have the mind that um, they have to go and join queue and all those things. But when we have those things at their convenience, it will convince them and make it more easy for them to also take their vaccines. That was the president of the Event Vendors Association of Ghana, Kate Hassan. There appears to be a marginal drop in the price of fuel at the pumps across the country. This began after an earlier announcement of a reduction in gold's prices by 15 pesos. Could this single move by the major oil marketing company in the country be entirely accountable for the downward turn recorded on the market? This report by Michael Lugbudu explores the answers. Goyle, the national oil marketing company, a few weeks ago announced a cut in its prices in response to concerns raised by drivers over the high cost of fuel in the country. Despite the drama that was associated with the move and the concerns raised by the Association of Oil Marketing Companies, within days of its implementation, prices began to fall slightly across board. The oil marketing company has 15% share in a sector that has over 150 players. Could this be an indicator of how much influence Goal has in the space? Goal is the leading marketer when it comes to the petroleum downstream locally. Uh, the truth is that Goel has a lot of retail outlets across the country. And the truth is that Goel also supplies most of its uh, petroleum products uh, to government and government agencies. So when Goel uh, begins to reduce its prices, uh, all the other major uh, OMCs in Ghana locally will have to also reduce their prices. Because if they don't reduce competitively, Goel will take the advantage. Goel may have had a role to play in the reduction, but could there be more to it? Benjamin Nsien is the head of research and training unit at the Chamber of Petroleum Consumers Ghana, COPEC. The major factor that is accounting for the decrease is the reduction or the plundering of petroleum, refined petroleum products on the international market and the trading platforms. We've realized that uh, the price of petrol and then diesel beginning 26th of November have started plundering. And when they plunder internationally, uh, that is where we, we, we import our products anyway, at the pump, we also see certain uh, drops in the prices. These might be the reasons for the slight reduction in prices at the pumps. But what do vehicle users make of the situation? Well, initially ahead of it, but at the pump, I don't actually see it that much because what I use, the, 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 my way of determining my fuel consumption is the amount of fuel I buy and the duration I take and the distance I take. That's what I use. It's, it's, it's yielding no fruit. I, to me, it's just camouflage to calm the tension down. I prefer to buy the way we used to buy it. I know that as time goes on, everything will increase, but not this much. At least five CD something pesos. I will manage down like that uh, so that we, we can charge less. Those were some vehicle users ending that report by Michael Ogbudu. 
The Association of Ghana Industries has reiterated calls for a reassessment of the current electricity tariff regime in the country to boost business growth and make them more competitive. According to the association, having a competitive tariff regime within Ghana's energy sector will put Ghanaian businesses at an advantage to compete within the AFCFTA and position the country to lead the industrial boom within Africa in 2022. There's more in the following report. Ghana has made notable advancement over the past 10 years in increasing electricity generation and access. This has supported higher levels of economic growth. However, beneath these developments lies inefficiencies, including extraordinarily high distribution losses. According to stakeholders such as the Association of Ghana Industries, AGI, despite energy generation being in excess of demand, power remains expensive and unreliable and has become a constraint on doing business in the country. In an interview with City Business News, the Association of Ghana Industries urged governments to reassess the current electricity tariff regime in the country to boost business growth and make them more competitive. According to the association, when utility tariffs, which has the ability to increase the cost components of production, are increased, goods from the country may not be able to compete on the African continental free trade area after common market, and this would derail the country's efforts at positioning Ghana to lead the industrial boom within Africa in 2022. Chonam Akpelo is the chairman of the Greater Accra Regional Chapter of the Association of Ghana Industries. This particular issue of the tariff of electricity has been one of the long-standing advocacy AGI has been embarking upon. You realize that the current cost of electricity stands around 16 cents per megawatt hour. What it means is that we're easily among one of the highest payers of tariff on electricity in the sub-region. You also see that industry, for that matter, is subsidizing for domestic users, which is very unusual because typically industry is supposed to be paying less and then domestic users pay more. But the regime that prevails Ghana is different. Mind you, 30% of the entire production cost is constituted by the cost of power. Okay, So if you are paying 16 cents per kilowatt hour for electricity, that tells you how huge the cost of production is. And this is greatly affecting industry, especially also that we're in an era of promoting continental free trade and where we're expected to compete with other industries, other companies across the continent of Africa. So clearly, our prayer is that the new year 2022 would witness a situation where government will seriously consider the regime where the tariffs are reduced and at least industry pillars uh, compared to what, what is prevailing now. That was the chairman of the Greater Accra Regional Chapter of the Association of Ghana Industries ending that report. And that'll be all for City Business News on Eyewitness News. It was brought to you by Vodafone. Together we can and powered by your most comprehensive business news website citybusinessnews.com my name is Natalie Nete up next is point blank eyewitness news be there as it happens Welcome back to the Point Blank edition of Eyewitness News. Tonight on Point Blank, we are doing something entirely different. (laughs) 
It's 24th December and I'm sure most people have already taken their Christmas break. But for us here at CTFM and Citizens, I'm sure you've heard about the Situation Outdoor Party. Today's edition is known as the Throwback Edition. We have a lot in store for you. We have Obrafworth, Ghana Rap Software. We have the 16 years hitmaker Miss Bell and Mr. All for Real Oporian Ponsa. And they will knock you off your feet and leave you dazzled when they mount the stage later tonight at the Gazebo restaurant in Jolu here in Accra. So we'll bring your report put together by Akosia Ofewa Opoku and later go live onto the event grounds and bring you a feel of what's to happen. We are changing the situation on December 24, 2021 with the big, biggest outdoor party in Accra. The Situation Outdoor Party. The Throwback Edition. This year. The 2021 Situation Outdoor Party. The Throwback Edition would be the place to be on Christmas Eve. If you're a lover of jams from the 90s or early 2000s, let's see if any of these will bring back some memories. then you're right. Now, if any of those tunes brought you nostalgia, then you should be at the Gazebo View restaurant in Jowulu, Accra on Christmas Eve for the 2021 Situation Outdoor Party. Come, let's throw it all the way back and relive the good old days. Come prepared for nothing but the best because the Ghana Rap Software or Brafo, the 16 years hitmaker Miss Bill, and Mr. All For Real or For Real Ponsa have promised to give you an experience of a lifetime. I'm basically coming there to entertain people. No havoc. <laughs> Not in Eskakra or Dokakra. You know how I do it with a little bit of a touch. <laughs> But basically, we are going to have fun. So you haven't seen me perform in a very long time. You saw me recently on the stage in London, and you were like, oh, my gosh, you're so good. Yeah, so good. So come and see me live perform. Just come and support. Come, let's have fun. Timeless. 16 years. People still sing it. Yopo, Logoligi, Debi. Plenty. Run away. And then I'll do a little bit of tongues. And don't worry. I got them. <laughs> I know how to do this job. I understand the assignment. 
I'm just like, you know, um, trying to create something. Okay. But um, hopefully, um, it's been a long time. Yes. And this is an opportunity for me to, you know, bring back uh, what, what is in me. Yeah. And fans should expect something big. I mean, that's all I, I will say. I it, love. It will, be, it will be massive. It will be massive. It will be massive. Yeah. It will be massive. <laughs> no, which, which song are you looking forward to performing the most? Um... I don't know, just like, you know, bring it out today. But like, Oju, Otole again. Me, Odonium. If you play Odonium, I'm done. I'm finished. I think Hopefully we'll do that. We'll do that. But what are you looking forward to the most, you yourself, being on stage on the 24th of December? Actually, I think it's a rebirth for Fufurian Ponsa. It's been like, you know, 20 years since I started. And I am celebrating 20 years very, very soon. Wow, congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, thank you so much. And so it's an opportunity. It, it will be like, you know, a foreshadow of what, what will happen yeah. um, with my uh, 20 year celebra uh, celebrations. I look so, forward to it. Um, fans should expect something big. I mean, I'm ready. I'm, I'm just like hot, you okay. know, it's, it's cooking. Okay. Not forgetting the two baddest DJs of our time and in the city. Is not your regular DJ, DJ Mingo and DJ JJ. Have you reserved a table yet or you're still not sure what packages are available? Remember, each of these table packages is more than just access to the event. So call 0205-973-973 or 0558-973-973 to book your table now. The 2021 Situation Outdoor Party is proudly brought to you by City TV. Supported by 97.3 City FM and Ghana Weekend. And sponsored by Series 100% Fruit Juice.
So baby invaded. Baby Okay, so as you can tell my the studio has been invaded by of City FM. Kwame does this already in his white Kwame, what are you looking forward to today? Um I'm just going to spoil myself. So you know what I'm doing. Eh? I've drafted all the skeleton of my stories already. Oh, oh wow. So I go, no, I put small, small things inside. Then you push it aside. <laughs> 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 I make sure so this white tends to brown before I go home. Oh, you get it? Yeah. I see. I myself come. Oh. Sawa. Yes, darling. You have been loud since Monday. I tell you. <laughs> I tell you. This I've never seen you dancing before. <laughs> hey. Today. Ah, today. She's prepared everything. Today. Ah, you will give me I'll come back um, to the peasants in my studio. We've already spoken to Kwame Dazi and how I do, so I'll introduce the other members here. But let me go live onto the events ground, Gazebo, and speak to Apioko Seira Mashon, who is one of the coordinators of this year's event. Apioko. Hi, Zoe. How is it hanging out there? Oh, it's brilliant. I'm sure you can hear some of the music in the background. The bands of Ophrayam Ponsal, Miss Bell, of course, of Obrafo, and the Urban Group Band, who is our carpet band, who's going to just spice things up before everything begins. They are doing their final sound check. Sound is great. The decor is up and running. The different sections, platinum, diamond, gold, silver, they're all laid out beautifully. The drinks are here, nice and chilled. So we're in a good place. We're ready to party. Mm. <laughs> I've received a message. Someone is asking if it's too late to get a table. Um, you know, technically it is, but I think you can still go ahead and call the hotline. There have been a couple of cancellations. You know, things always pop up. Life happens. So you can call the hotline, of course, 0205-973-973 or 0558-973-973. And those who are manning the, the whole spreadsheet with all the bookings and payments, uh, will attend to you, but you need to be very quick. What I can say, though, is that if you get here at the gate, you're most likely not to get a seat. So it's better to call those numbers now and make sure you know your seat. Mm. Walk us through what the protocol will be like um, if I get in there today. Great. So, of course, COVID is still with us. One of the main reasons why we're doing the situation outdoor party in the first place. So you come through. Uh, you meet the ticketing station. You will definitely meet people who will make sure you're well sanitized. Um, your your name is ticked, of course, because if you need to do some kind of contact tracing, we need to know that the names that are there were present or not. So you go through those protocols. You get your wristband. If you are platinum, it's purple. If you're diamond, the wristband will be white. Gold, it's a gold band. And silver, of course, is a silver paper wristband. Um, these are security bands and they are your tickets. So we require that you put them on your wrist. Um, you go through once you pass through those protocols, and then you'll be seated at your table. And as much as possible, um, again, to control movements for COVID and whatnot, we want people to remain at their table. So there are waiters, there are ushers, and they will make sure that whatever you want is brought to you. So you have m menus on your table, cocktail menus, mocktail menus, the menus for the finger food, 
In the case of platinum and diamond, they also have the buffet menu on their tables. And then they can just tell the waiters, ushers what they require and we'll make sure that it's brought to them, apart from what comes packaged on your table already. So we have our breath for, we have Uforian Ponsan, we have Miss Bell. Apart from yes, these yes. three wonderful artists we are going to host tonight, what else are we expecting? No, so you know, I mean, situation, let me just reiterate, it's a party, it's not a concert. So, and this year, of course, we're throwing it back. It's a throwback edition. So the reason we chose or we sat down to curate this list of artists, so Faram Ponsan, Abrafo, Miss Bell, because they gave us a good time where we were in JHS or in high school or in uni, wherever you were at that point in time, their music was likely to pop up at any fun fair, any jam. And so we're just taking it back. And of course, these are three living legends who haven't taken the stage for a long time. And it would be great to see them and have some nostalgia. But of course, DJ JJ and DJ Mingle are here. I mean, look, it's like they're about to run the world's greatest marathon. They're sitting down really cool, really chill, just getting into their zones. Um, and they're, they're ready to take the stage as well. But look, the, the, the thing about the situation outdoor party is it's great vibes great people, like-minded people. What happens at situation stays at situation. And of course, you get to party with the city family on Christmas Eve. Thank you very much, Apioko, and <laughs> see you soon. See you, Zoe, in <laughs> your white life. Sure. Yeah, we are coming, we are coming. <laughs>
so this is still eyewitness news don't be mistaken we are still live on 97.3 ctfm this is the point blank edition and i have um most of them here are from the newsroom they've been serious all year and today they look very relaxed the seriousness out let me hear from let me talk some. <laughs> <laughs> Let me say something. Uh, so for me, I think it's that simple. If you are not turning up for this event, then the phrase or the term that you want to chill with the big boys, you don't know how to run with the big boys because this is a big boy thing. Oh, if you wow. want to be a part of mm. the show of the year mm. i mean the party of no, the year it is you. the situation outdoor party so you need to make your way Woo! to the place Charlie. 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 is a chilling papa okay so um across your tree aka sugar aka sugar sugar relax relax Charlie, see let me tell you something uh, today mm. people get to know that i'm a real dancer hey! And you know what? <laughs> we know we were born in the 80s. The Miss Bell. You are born in one again? And then Miss Bell. Oh, Master. Oh. Oh, my goodness. It's been a long year coming. It's been a long year from the 1st of January to the 24th of December. In fact, today, mm. me, the newsroom, they know I don't know how to dance, but today I'll show ah, them that Last thing, last thing, Duke and I will mount the stage <laughs> and we'll be giving no, a Duke and Caleb. Duke and Caleb. Duke and Caleb. Duke and Caleb. All right, guys. It's been great having you here. Thanks for having us. We are moving straight to, to situation. Yeah. So I'll meet you guys there. Thank you so much for coming. all for today's edition and in fact the year's edition of eyewitness news thank you so much for being a part of eyewitness news for 2021 my name is zoe abubedu ado i sat in for your regular host maru sanda amadu production today was done by sixtus dong ulo with technical assistance from the birthday man desmond Nyako. Thank you so much. Have a Merry Christmas and a prosperous new year. Bye bye. Mm-hmm.